0: everyone welcome back to the podcast today we have the hills comedian here himself Stephen habibi and Stephen. the story is unreal we we could be chatting for three hours um, but we'll try and keep it short just for the interest of time so excited to have you on the podcast Stephen. why don't you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are what's your family like what your friends like what do you get up to in your spare time
1: Chrissy, first of all, that's a, that's a big intro. Hills <laughs> <convenient>. <laughs> I'll take that over my day job any day, honestly. <laughs> Just before I go into it, like, I have to say, this is a big moment for me, being on a podcast. I'll tell you why, Chrissy, because shout out to my hip-hop, uh, hip-hop group on my boys chat. <laughs> We've been wanting to do a podcast for goodness knows how long, probably two years. Really? Two years. and that's we We will all talk. We were all like trying to figure out whether we can hire a room at UWS or anything. <laughs> Never did it. So to be on your podcast today, Christy, just huge.
0: It's your podcast debut, Stephen. Big it's moment.
1: Huge. I'm all for it. <laughs> um, hello, listeners. My name is Stephen. I'm 24. I am currently a graduate lawyer at Carponio Lawyers, which is a law firm in Sydney. Um, in terms of interests, interested in music, or as you just heard there. All things sport, particularly soccer. And yeah, in terms of like heritage, I'm half Iranian from my dad's side and half Guatemalan. Uh, and yeah, they are both missionaries and they met in Turkey. So um, mixed I mixed not even crazy know that. Family. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Mixed up crazy family. And I was born here.
0: That is awesome. If, if you guys didn't know, now Stephen's Instagram name is Guatemalan Habibi. Is that right? But it used to be Persian Habibi. So everyone thinks that Stephen is Persian. <laughs>
1: i feeling. I feel like I want to change it to Eastwood Heavybe soon.
0: Oh Just my me. gosh!
1: <laughs> I'll Wrap that side as well.
0: Um, so you've told us a little bit about what you do, but maybe go into some more depth and tell everyone. Yeah, how how big is your law firm? What kind of law are you practicing? How long have you been a graduate lawyer for?
1: So I've been a grad lawyer for about ten months now. Uh, my firm specializes in personal injury claims, particularly though um, historical sexual abuse claims. Um, so. As a law grad, I basically do what a solicitor does, but without the actual qualification. Um, <laughs> completely responsible over all my matters and make sure that they all progress to fruition. Uh, in terms of the actual firm itself, we run on a no-win, no-fee basis. Um, and wow. because of that, and obviously the area that we're dealing with being historical sexual abuse, we are uh, mainly deal with clients that have experienced you know, significant loss because of obviously the abuse that they suffered. Um, and usually have no money as a result. So the goal is to, for our law firm, is to settle um, outside of court as much as possible.
0: Wow, that's really cool. And mm-hmm. the law firm, I'm going be telling me, is Christian-based, isn't it?
1: It is. So um, our senior partner is a Christian and every time that I have a meeting with him, he just speaks so, you know, profoundly. That's <laughs> awesome. Very evangelical in the way that um he kind of talks to his employees.
0: That's so cool. And I think one of the reasons I got you to come on the podcast is the story behind you getting this job seriously is like a miracle. And not because you're not a good lawyer, but just because of the series of events that, yeah, happen, you know. And I'm sure most people would know how hard it is for, for law students to actually find jobs in their industry, especially whilst they're studying. And then it's a whole nother journey trying to find a job once you finish and you've got your degree. So I think now, yeah, you can't even do law by yourself, can you? Like you have to do it as a double degree.
1: I think some unis do offer it by itself, but usually what people mainly do is do it with a Bachelor of Arts or if they want to cross over, maybe they do it with Commerce. Um, I did mine as a Bachelor of of Laws with a Bachelor of Applied Finance. So
0: yeah, you could have been an accountant, right?
1: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. So Stephen, yeah, tell us a little bit about how you actually got into this firm and how you scored this job. And I know you had a, another job in the industry while you were studying. So tell us a little bit about that journey as well.
1: Yeah. So I feel like context is important before I go into the actual um, getting in my job. So um, 2019 was a pretty hard year for me. Um, I naively, I think it was my second last year of uni and I was working for a foreign exchange uh, company, just as a sales rep. Um, And I was at a point where I was kind of like, just had enough of it. Just wasn't what I wanted to do. Uh, Management wasn't the greatest. So I quit (laughs) (laughs) without anything (laughs) lined up. (laughs) So um, I quit in about June 2020, sorry, June 2019, and spent probably the next seven months looking for jobs just finding nothing on the job market whilst dipping into my savings because that was the only thing I had at the moment, at the time, sorry. It was really hard because I know like a lot of um people that will be listening to this, you know, hiring university and they're trying to figure out ways to break into the industry. And that's exactly what I was doing. Um except wasn't doing it successfully, you know? Yeah. Um so it was a lot of rejection letters after rejection letters and um basically came to a point where I was just kind of very disheartened and discouraged. Um, but I remember looking at indeed like .com and just seeing that there was a um a court monitoring job um that was advertised. And I applied for it and basically got the role within the week in January 2020. Which is which is massive, yeah. Especially with yeah. someone with um no legal experience like myself. It it wasn't like anything, you know, to do directly with like what I'm doing now I just was hearing different court hearings court matters you know every day I wasn't exactly doing legal work it was more just admin but um even having that experience like sitting in on matters and like seeing how certain barristers bring their case forward on behalf of their clients and just seeing how the court process works was just such incredible experience and I mean I was at a point in 2020 where I was doing that for about nine months and was loving it. And then um, I had a friend message me, uh, shout out to Stevie. Uh, she um, <laughs> she messaged me with an ad saying, you should apply for this job. And it was, um, you know, a grad lawyer role at Carpe And that's awesome. I was at a point of complacency because I was like, oh, I don't know if I should want to go for this. Like I'm like loving my job here, but yeah. I know how hard it is for law students to break into a grad role. And like, you can't, you can't like let those opportunities slip away. You can't take it for granted. So um, I applied for it, thinking that nothing would kind of like eventuate. Just thought that it would just be another rejection letter. Uh, and within the week, I actually got a call back saying, "Okay, we want you um, for an interview with a senior partner." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. This is gonna be good. Awesome. I'll just um, prepare how I usually prepare for interviews." Yeah. And I stepped into that interview, and literally the first thing he said to me was, "So you're a Christian, right?" And immediately I was like taken aback because I'm like. Surely you're just gonna ask me about like my, my KPIs and my frequent <laughs> like why why would you even ask this question? And yeah, I, the reason why he brought it up was because in my resume I put that I was a youth leader. Yeah, and I said, Yeah, I am I'm a Christian, I've been for however many years. And he's like, Wow, amazing! We're a Christian law firm, and like I'm a Christian too. And no joke, like probably the next half an hour of that interview, we were just talking about our faith, and um, oh, that's crazy. It was it was so amazing, and then the last 10, 15 minutes was actually, you know, doing normal interview routine, but <laughs> that led to another callback and it led to me getting the job within two weeks. So that's
0: insane. Seriously. Yeah. When you told us, cause I, I've been leading in you, with you for a few years. And when you came to our connect group and you told us, everyone was just like, what a story. And ever since then, I've been like, that seriously is a story. Cause we walked those, those months out where you were just desperate for a job and you had so much determination to not settle for anything less than a, a law industry job. And you were just like, you know, I could go work at Maccas, I could go work at KFC, but am I going to do that? No, I'm not because I have a dream. And and you were so consistent with your dream and wanting to see it work out for yourself that you were persistent and you kept looking, you kept fighting for yourself. And seriously it is, it's it's so inspirational to see where you you've where you were and what you've come to do now and how you've made it <laughs> and your dream has come true. So I think what we all want to know now is why you wanted to become a lawyer. What was the inspiration behind the career choice?
1: Uh, for me, it comes down to three key events. Um, the first one of which isn't like, I, I tell this, but it isn't like that encouraging. So, <laughs> um, I remember okay, growing up in primary school, I lived in Castle Hill, attended like a local school there.
0: Oh, wait, wait, stop it right there. Oh, I, can't, I have to interrupt yeah. you. Okay. There is a historical photo that circulates and it is you in I actually don't know probably just starting high school and you are holding a sign that says the real issue is public education. <laughs> I will post this photo with the ed- with this episode launch because the photo seriously is it's it's, it's historic. It is like iconic. So <laughs> tell us to incorporate that into your first point there. What is that sign all about? Yeah.
1: You know what, Christy? The ironic part about that was, like, I attended a public school in Castle Hill. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that I remember that day actually so well. We just wanted to, to kind of um, what do you call it? Just skip class, and we found that in the local bin as we were going around. And
0: <laughs> yeah, you're standing in front of a bin full of trash in that photo. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely hilarious.
1: Great times, um, but yeah, in terms of me being like, you know wanting to become a lawyer, definitely three key events. And then the first one, as I said, isn't that encouraging? But um, (laughs) I was in year three and I was at a point where I was just like, you know, chilling, hanging out with friends. I was watching a lot of soccer on TV, a lot of football. I think we just qualified for the 2006 World Cup at that time. I kind of was inspired not by obviously by football itself, but I kind of came to that point where I wasn't really going to be a professional soccer player. Definitely wasn't good <laughs> enough, but um, I loved actually the commentators that were commentating the game. Oh, nice. like, yeah. I, you had like people like Simon Hill commentating that Uruguay game. You have um in the premier league, you had uh, one of the most like, greatest commentators of all time, Martin Tyler uh, commentating week in and week out. And like, I loved hearing their voices because they made the game so much better.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then I, I actually was inspired to become a sports journalist, believe it oh, or not. Oh, that's
0: cool. Yeah. yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, sports journalist uh, when I was like in year three. And I told that to my dad. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll never forget what he said, because oh, like, when he you it, he'd be like, like why the heck are you telling me this? But he's basically said, like, no offense to the journalists out there. Um, but he said, <laughs> where's the money in that?
0: a classic dad comment
1: classic classic dad comment he was like where's the money in that just be a lawyer or something that's exactly what he said to me wow
0: famous Um, last words
1: (laughs) indeed and then obviously when you hear that you're just kind of like like why would my dad do that to me but um (laughs) i i take like in in retrospect in hindsight i kind of see it as a blessing that he told me that because um I'm a first-generation migrant, right? So my dad kept on telling me when I was younger of like how he moved from uh, Turkey to Australia. So he originally came with $100 in his hand. And um, my mom, obviously, she was, he was married to my mom at the time. Um, and he was trying to figure out ways to get my mom and my grandma from my mom's side over because they just got married. And yep. dad was trying to establish himself in Australia and settle before they can come over. And he kept on telling me that story because it was he was trying to tell me that he came with little and he left a legacy behind in and through our family through what him and my mom did. Yeah. Um my mom also studied in Guatemala and then she also again studied in Australia to just kind of build a career for herself as well, which is which is awesome and basically I kind of take what my dad told me and you through to say like build off the foundation that your parents have left for you. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Like, if you take your life for granted, not knowing you know the roots and the cultures of where you, like where you come from, you ended up robbing yourself of like what could be an incredible life. for You, you know, especially yeah. in your career. Um, yep. So I encourage like anyone like that's listening to this, like take you know sort of anecdotes or an- analogies from what your parents tell you and just apply it because um I know for me like I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Um, in the industry that I'm at now without, you know, perspective of my culture and without knowing that my dad and mum, you know, basically came from nothing and, you know, built an incredible life for not only themselves but me, my brother and, you know, for the future generations to come. So, yeah.
0: That was the first thing.
1: That was the first thing. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm
0: going. No, no, go for it. This (laughs) is good.
1: Um, The second one's very short. So, basically, um, I was doing legal studies in Year 12 yeah, and um, we had a crime essay. Got our marks back. It was all well and good. I actually got a zero in oh, that. What in that essay? Yeah, yeah, I got a zero in that essay, but only because the teacher wasn't able to read what I read. <laughs> my, my, oh, that if, is so good for those listening. My handwriting is absolutely atrocious. Like, if you think <laughs> Doctor's handwriting, think like a hundred to two hundred times worse. It's that bad.
0: That's um, so funny.
1: But basically she couldn't read it and she's like, look, if you dictate it to me, I'll give you a mark for it. And I read her my essay, and I ended up topping the grade for that assessment. Oh
0: my gosh, of course.
1: Which is which is like the only like full marks I got in legal studies, but it was like incredible. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm actually built (laughs) Built to do this career. Exactly. (laughs) Um, and then the third one was just kind of definitely another reaffirming um thing in my life was um serving at a youth camp i was a youth leader um and i had another youth leader come and give me a word and he basically just asked me like what do you see what do you see for your future what do you see for your life and at that time i was studying law but i really wasn't convinced it was for me yeah the, the hours are hard the load was difficult i was like struggling a lot
0: yeah
1: but kind of with that word was just encouraged that you know what like I'm doing it it's for me you just got to believe it for yourself you know so those are definitely the three um key events
0: that's awesome I love those stories all three of them and it's cool just to see yeah how tangibly it's been worked out in your life so far and how you're yeah achieving your goal so with this what have been some of the biggest challenges to date with this dream so you've touched on a little bit about trying to find a job um, and the, the hours involved with the work. Maybe there's a few things you haven't touched on. Is there any challenges that yeah you want to share with everyone?
1: Yeah, definitely. I know for a fact that there might be some law students that are listening right now yeah. to your podcast. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that... As a law student, you basically know nothing when it comes to doing... <laughs> so encouraging. Um, yeah. You know nothing in law practice. I didn't realize this until I entered the industry, but you're basically just nothing there. You will make a lot of mistakes. You will kind of realize that, wow, there is more to life than researching cases and yep. you know, apply legislation. There's a lot of reading, drafting, oh. a lot of admin tasks, refining emails as well, which is annoying. Yep. Um, and I know not only for law students, but for people across the board, like there'll be times when you kind of like enter your first professional, uh, role and you experience some like significant imposter syndrome. Um, and I know, I know for me, like I definitely still even experience that now, just kind of feeling that I'm not up to this sometimes. So I feel like with w- the work that I'm doing, I may not, you know, be, may not be doing it appropriately, may not yep. be adequate. Um, but just want to like kind of encourage you guys that just to keep going and keep striving with what you're doing. Um, making mistakes, believe it or not, is a good thing. Um, you know, because it's through making mistakes that you actually learn. I know in my, in my 10 months as a, as a law grad, I've made so many mistakes, but because of that, I've learned so much, you know,
0: that's awesome, Stephen. Such good insight there, and I can relate with some of that. I worked in a legal office for nearly two years, and they were watching over what the solicitors did. It was just a lot of emails. It was a lot of emails, so many emails. Calling, calling clients, drafting documents. Hey, can you look at this document? Hey, can you sign this? Oh, we need to scan this and send it back. Lots of toing and throwing between clients. So next up is uh, one of my favourite questions to ask, and that is where do you see yourself in the future? Is this your end game? you see yourself as a lawyer for the rest of your life? You don't have to have a certain answer. Of course, our futures are unknown. But, what? yeah, well, what's your aim at this stage?
1: To be honest, I don't really have kind of a materialistic aim in terms of where I want to be in my career. Yeah. Um, but I definitely do have this kind of point ingrained into my heart, and it's just... To do better than my parents in every single aspect. Yeah. Um, in terms of just being able to um, you know, again build off the foundation they've laid for me. Um, sow good seeds in my career, in my relationships with friends, family, you know, um, so that, you know, as I grow older, my future family can like re- reap a harvest based on what I sowed. Yeah, um, I just want my future family just to succeed and to, you know, have a foundation to go off because of the foundation I've left behind. So it's kind of generational selling, if that makes sense.
0: So good, Stephen. Thank you so much for sharing that. And one of the last questions I like to ask is what's one piece of inspiration or wisdom that you have for our listeners today? Maybe it's a catchphrase or a motto that you live by, something to motivate everyone.
1: This might be controversial, but I'm just going to say <laughs> it anyway and then explain it. Yeah. Um, I had so when I was in um year 10 I had some year 9 kid just come up to me because he saw something and he said this to me in like a bit of a vulgar way but I'm just going to censor it a little bit um he basically said the moment you start caring is the moment you start losing and now and our (laughs) listeners listeners are freaking out because they're like what do you mean like when I care I lose like oh what do you mean by that and um I'll say it in, in, this, in this way, um, consider yourself in this position. So you have an idea um, and, you know, you know, you fully believe in your idea and you run a roll with it um, and you honestly believe in your own heart that's going to come to fruition, right? Yeah. Um, but sometimes we may have thoughts that come into our head just kind of, you know, talking us out of that thoughts of negativity, what people might think or might say based on our ideas and what we do. Yep. And you know, the moment you start to speculate what others may think of you and your idea, it's the moment that you've really lost because you're letting negative thoughts come into your head.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, Stephen, that is so profound. It makes uh, sense now.
1: Obviously, <laughs> that united Kid wasn't, you know, referring to like that. It's probably something taken way out of context. But like throughout my life, I've kind of like twists of what he said and just kind of applied in that fashion. Like Yep. Just in short, always try and try again. Like even if you fail, it's still a win because you still tried it in the first place and you didn't let your fears, you know, get in the way with your pursuits.
0: Yeah. You didn't care what other people thought of you. Mm. That is awesome. What? Oh, my gosh. So good. Seriously, you have so much wisdom, Stephen, and I wish that you could, you should just start your own podcast, seriously, and just spit fire every week. And people would listen because it's so, so <laughs> profound, seriously. And, and now it makes so much sense to me what you said. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Stephen. It's been so good to have you and to have a chat about, yeah, you know, your original inspiration and how you found yourself doing what you do today. And I hope that every law student or uni student or basically every listener has been motivated just to chase your dreams, that one bit harder, and to fight for what you believe in and fight for what you want to do with the rest of your life.